0: All right, let's get started. Topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville. And uh, joining us in the studio, our panel, it's two, not three today, but uh, we get more bang for our buck, Alyssa Freeman, PR and pop culture media expert. Good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon, John. Looking forward to the discussion today. Well, as am
0: I. Uh, And Michael Diamond rounds things out, campaign strategist and political commentator with Upstream Strategy Group. Welcome to you, Michael. Thanks for having me. Yep. Glad to have you here. And uh, since I've got both of you and your rapt attention... Let me ask you about a question that i sort of been mulling over in the last couple of days when the story first surfaced Sunday night. It was around 8 o'clock, and there were uh, a group of Jewish boys, 17-year-olds, four in total, uh, at Bathurst and Lawrence in that neighborhood, uh, which is really uh, a hub for, uh, I think, a lot of Orthodox Jews in Toronto and uh they were walking along when they were suddenly set upon by at least nine others, so they say, who accosted them, punching and kicking, and in one instance stole some sunglasses from one of the boys. Now the police are investigating. Uh, they're perhaps uh, seeing it in the light of a hate crime, which is interesting because uh, I wondered earlier, and I'll put it to you uh because people have been citing that this is something where we'd like to know the background. These, if they're youth that uh, have perpetrated this, we'll never know because the Youth Criminal Justice Act will make sure everything sort of flies under the radar. Uh, but is there a point to know the background? Does knowing advance or understanding or the, of the root cause potentially of uh, such a crime? if in fact it could be culturally based, I guess, is the implication. What do you say, Alyssa?
1: I say yes, but the first thing I'd like to say, John, is thank you for saying that it was four Jewish boys who were attacked, because there was a lot of media in this city who wouldn't even say what religion or what culture these boys belonged to. On other radio stations, I heard that there were four boys in religious garb. Well, what does that mean? But if you put two and two together and and hear that they were at Bathurst and Lawrence, you can kind of come to a conclusion. So, I have to say that that is one something that i really noticed and that really bothered me hmm. uh and so there were there were different ways of of reporting this and exactly what happened and then i've heard that there's at least one person in custody and they're asking the public for more help but yes i'd like to know the background of the boys and and I'd like to know because I think that there are teachable moments in here about that what, what cu- one culture thinks of another culture. And this may have just been because they didn't like the way these boys were dressed. They may have been dressed in long black coats. They may have had the large hats on, and which is normal for that area. But there are plenty of areas in Toronto where people feel culturally protected and culturally secure in order to walk around in the way they see fit. So I think that there is a, uh, an opportunity to go into that community and perhaps have dialogue, go into the schools, and, and, and create some more awareness about what they're doing and why are they doing it, and maybe in order to expand their thinking. All right, a teachable moment then. Uh,
0: Michael Diamond, as to, say, those who committed this crime, uh, do you want to know more about the perps?
2: Look, I think uh, all crimes are hate crimes. So I I hate to, you know, there's not a single crime that isn't derived from hatred and just being a bad and hateful person. So, But there's definitely a more heinous act when you attack someone because they're different than you. They look different than you. They worship different than you. uh, They dress differently than you. So I think it is important that the public know what happens, especially we see a lot more crimes that are based on racial differences now. Uh, We see this increasing, especially uh, anti-Semitism is increasing in Canada uh, at a fairly, it's fairly alarming and it's concerning. It doesn't matter which group is under attack. Uh, But uh, yeah, we need to learn more. And I think uh, Alyssa's right. If there's a teachable moment here, um, we should exploit that.
0: All right. Uh, we'll find out, hopefully, uh, somewhere along the line, since you've got one, and if they're young perpetrators, it shouldn't take too much to have him drop the dime. I'm
1: surprised it's taking this long, yeah, I to am be too, quite I've honest. I've got to be
0: honest as uh, well. I
1: think there, maybe there's something else at play. I don't know. I don't want to speculate. All right. But that's uh, let me just
0: pivot to other matters <clears> here, because uh, this story surfaced earlier today. The legislature, you know, having come back after a 10-day hiatus. Interestingly enough, uh, they're getting some, what did you guys call it, surahs? From the uh, Liberal Party, because that's grief, isn't it? Uh, Correct. Uh, well, and,
1: and excellent pronunciation at you. that, John. Well,
0: you know, the point is that... I used uh, to cause that Yussel. to my mother. Well, you're still <laughs> causing it here on occasion, so not much has changed.
1: We're here with Yussell Oakley. <laughs> uh, well,
0: you know, it's funny because uh, the Liberals, having wandered in the wilderness now for what? geez, it's almost six months, isn't it? <laughs> uh, they're feeling hard done by. And here's to another 40 years. And uh, they're... Uh, Their interim leader, John Fraser, was talking about wanting party status. Uh, Given that they've only got seven elected members, party status was uh, or is still eight. But Thursday, that is going to change. The conservatives bringing in a motion to make it 12. And he feels that this will be... uh, Bad for democracy. Democracy would be better served if the liberals in the province had party status. Give a listen to John Fraser.
2: It's not about party status or money. It's about the voices of those people being heard in this legislature, not only to hold the government to account, but to come together with the government and other parties in this legislature to do the things, take care of the things that are
0: important. All right. Uh, And so what party status means is you get more funding for things like research, administration, and so on and so forth. And some of it is on a prorated basis, depending on how many MPPs you have. And if you've got, uh, say, the quorum, the requisite number would be 12 uh, as of Thursday, then, you know, uh, the multiplier effect means you get about $2.2 million, so it's not out of pocket. Uh, But the question, and this is where Fraser comes in, the interim leader, saying democracy would be better served if we had party status. Michael Diamond, I know you've had some dealings with the Conservative Party, so uh, full disclosure, but do you think that he's making a good case
2: no absolutely not so after the i believe it was the 2007 election uh, i think the new democrats were reduced to not have official party status and the toronto star wrote a, a, a opinion piece that i thought was quite interesting i just read it again recently urging the government not to extend official party status to the NDP because it's up to the voters. It shouldn't be up to the Legislative Assembly. So one, to give the Liberals retroactively from seven, uh, give them uh, official party status when voters decided they need a timeout. Uh, These independent members who were reelected as Liberals can still have a lot of impact and serve their constituents well, but they are not recognized as a party in the Ontario Legislature and it should remain that way because that was a decision of the voters. As for the increase that's being proposed by the uh, new government, I think it makes sense. the uh, Legislative Assembly grew uh, at the last election. There's now more seats. So the pers- the the number of seats required to be recognized as a party within the legislature should also go up proportionally.
0: All right. So you're saying it's not petty power politics being played here, if you like, alliteration. <laughs> I hope I didn't <laughs> get any on you. Uh, and so, Alyssa, do you believe that the liberals need to wander in the wilderness here by their own doing or making? And, you know, he's saying this, in effect, uh, would be detrimental to the 1.1 million Ontarians who voted for the Liberals cuz they couldn't get their message out to the same extent and blah 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 blah. Do you buy that?
1: Well, I do take Michael's point and I I absolutely understand what he's saying and it's and it's well thought out and and, and obviously he's in the business and Of course. He knows, it is. But well, okay. So enough of that. Um, yes, th- this is definitely a power play. You know, there will be by-elections and, you know, there is uh, there is a point, perhaps over the next few years, where the Liberals could gain another seat. And then, therefore, they would have official party status. So, you know, when you're uh, the party in power, to be able to move the goalposts at will is not a new gambit. We see it all the time and we see it over the past number of decades. So this is a little bit of moving the goalposts. It's a little bit of a preemptive strike. And... And, you know, it's interesting that it's coming up now, but, you know, everybody has a communications calendar and everybody has a reason for saying things at a particular time. I don't know what the MO behind all of a sudden coming out with this is, but I will say this is absolutely a political power play.
2: Look, the goalpost moved at the dissolution of the last legislative assembly when the House grew uh, fairly substantially. So uh, that's why this should happen.
1: Yeah, but I mean, come on, from eight to twelve, and you know you're not going to get. You know, they might not win four seats over the next few years. I mean, that, that could be literally impossible. So this is I this is a little bit. I hope they do win four seats ever again. Okay, but. so there you go. So you're not exactly providing uh, a but bi- Well, you are providing a biased b- opinion. But the fact of the matter is, you just can't say nah, nah. You've been empowered too long, and we're going to make sure that it's not that, going that, to happen. That's what Doug that, Ford. Well, the
2: voter said that on uh, June seventh when they reduced them to the size of a minivan.
1: Yes, right. But, but, but you,
0: you've got John Fraser the interim leader effectively, uh, begging uh, for party status here, and it's the Premier or the party's prerogative, the Conservatives, as to whether or not they'll grant it. It
2: shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. That was the point the Toronto Star made when it was uh, their, their preferred party, the Liberals in power on the New Democrats. The Legislative Assembly shouldn't be able to grant. So if they didn't change the uh, number of seats and the Liberals won a by-election, or if they win four by-elections the next few years, yes, they will get official party status because it's up to the voters. But the House, sh- the, the government of the day shouldn't be able to say, you want seven seats, our off is eight seats, you're going to get it. Because then what stops them from, if they get eight seats, to say, you know what, it's going to be nine seats. <laughs>
0: right. right, okay. And that would be petty power politics. But, you know, when I talk about the premier's prerogative, here's the other question. The firing of the VP at OPG, Ontario Power Generation, Mm -hmm. and uh, this is Ali Khan Velshi. After one day on the job, it hasn't really taken place yet, but uh, it's about to be determined. Uh, Is that entirely the premier's prerogative as well? Uh, Because this is a case where his chief of staff, Dean French, apparently, according to the Globe and Mail, uh, had an intervention. Or uh, he intervened and went to somebody on the board and he said, uh, lose this guy.
1: Wow, I read that this morning and that was cold. I thought that was you know, one day on the job. I know that he does no love, he no love loss for the, the OPG, and you know, that's very, mu- it was very much part of his platform in the six million dollar man. But really, to go in and I, I don't, I don't know, do you have any insight into that, Michael, as to why that happened? I mean, honestly, well, the,
2: the uh, staffing uh, at the Ontario Power Generation Corp- Generating Corporation is at uh, the prerogative of the executive there, so that's that's where it starts and ends. I, I'm friends, very full disclosure with both parties in this case, Mr. Valjean and Mr. French, and, uh, uh, you know, just reading the statement, there's a lot that's got to be learned here, but we know that uh, staffing is the prerogative of the uh, chair there, and uh, that's where it starts and ends. Opticwise, well,
1: though, I have to tell you, like, when you read that article, Optic-wise, just as a regular consumer of news reading that, I just thought, wow, that was kind of Machiavellian.
0: Well, the question is, you say it's the prerogative of the staff there at the OPG, but if you've got the chief of staff of the premier intervening to sway uh, persuade somebody to make a certain call or decision. Uh, what is that about?
2: Look, comments on background uh, should be taken uh, at uh, with a, with a hefty grain of salt. Uh, you know. Uh, so uh, what we know is uh, from the premier's office today. They did say that the staffing's the decision of OPG, and I think there's more that's got to be learned here before uh, judgment can be passed.
0: Okay, well, there's also talk of a settlement or a severance approaching half a million dollars one day on the job, and then you get cut a rather handsome check. Uh, Does that make sense? That's uh, an awful lot of money, isn't it? Uh, oh, that's, that's <laughs> your comment? But wasn't he transitioned
1: into another job? Like, didn't he have one job, and then they made him another job of uh, something? Well, well he's VP still of,
2: employed there. All yeah. I know is, and, you know, I have not talked to uh, Mr. Velshi about this, who, again, is a friend, uh, that he's still employed there. That's the only thing I know to be fact.
1: But that's, that's a lovely goodbye
0: present. Until the termination takes effect, and we don't know when that is. But, uh, all right, so we'll move on to other topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville. With our panel, Alyssa Freeman, Michael Diamond, in a moment here on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
1: The people spoke loud
0: and clear um, on election day that uh, uh, they decided to reduce uh, the size of the Liberal caucus to um, you know below official party status. And, and the voters are never wrong. And, and we're just taking this step just to make it really clear.